Merry Christmas, everyone. This is Steve Elliott, National Superintendent with the Wesleyan Church of Canada. On two different occasions, I've had the opportunity to be in the fields outside of Bethlehem, the very spot where 2,000 years ago the angel made their amazing pronouncement, Behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy that will be for all the people. The ministries of the Wesleyan Church in Canada, that's a 118 local congregations, nine Christian campgrounds, our immigrant ministries, our chaplains, counseling services, our schools, our relief and development ministries, our missions projects and missionaries. We continue to proclaim that same amazing story that was shared 2,000 years ago by the angels. We believe God came into this world in the person of Jesus. He was God with us. He came to save us from the penalty, the power, and even the propensity of sins, and to reconcile us to a holy God, and to give us life abundant and life eternal. And so this Christmas season, on behalf of Helen and I, our entire national office staff, we wish you a very Merry Christmas, and an abundance of God's grace, joy, and peace, as you seek to live lives that are characterized by the purity of Christ, the power of the Holy Spirit, and the same passion our Heavenly Father has for the lost and hurting. God bless you, and Merry Christmas, everybody. The ends of the year as we know it. Welcome. Happy Boxing Day, the day after Christmas. My hope is that each of you had the opportunity to be with some of your family, to enjoy some good food, and to just be together and celebrate. We get to be all together today kids, grandmas, grandpas, moms and dads, aunts and uncles, teenagers. We have the opportunity to just be together all in the same room, including you that are tuning in online. We include you in that and we're so thankful to be together. We have something just for you kids, so here you are, you listening. Just for you, we have a super turbo-sized kid pack. It's right in front of you. There's some fun activities there. And today, those of you that are kids at heart, we are gonna spice it up a little. We're gonna have some crowd participation, so I wanna give you that little heads up. And we're providing, our desire is to provide this starting place, a starting place as we think back over the events of 2021. Whether it's globally, whether it's in our community, whether it's in our home, or whether it's in our hearts. We want to think back to 2021. And then we want to start this process of beginning to dream what 2022 can be. And so here's the big question. When I say the word or the phrase 2021, what do you think? It's a little bit of a loaded question here. But some of the things that I think are a whole lot of starts and stops. Some unexpected joys, a few challenges, or maybe that are more, more than a few. Some joys, but there's this consistent thread of uncertainty. As a Sea Road community, we've had this opportunity um, of God drawing us close. He's been inviting us into some things that are different for some of us, or maybe they're just things we haven't done in a while. He's inviting us to think different, a thinking that would shift our perspective just a bit. 
We've been invited to renew our minds, to spend time in God's word and let those words sink deep in our hearts so that it actually changes the parts of us that Jesus wants. We've also been encouraged to fight for connection. We can all attest to the fact that in this season, we feel disconnected. Sometimes we even feel disconnected when we're sitting next to someone. We've been taught to fight for connection. We've been encouraged or invited to live as open-handed people, to be generous with our time, to be generous with our finances, to be generous with our gifts. We've also been encouraged to prioritize the care of our soul. We've learned what it is to walk humbly and to let go of the lies and habits that the enemy uses against us, but instead to invite Jesus into those places, to build bridges of peace so that we might forgive and be forgiven, and despite what's around us, despite the circumstance or what we see, to let the joy of Jesus be our strength. And finally, to live like we're loved. All so that we can love and live like Jesus. This is not a mission that we can do on our own. I think we can agree. It's not a solo project. It isn't dependent on how talented we are or how much money we have or don't have. Not even the position that we hold or the job that we have. We can feel alone and like it's all up to us. And so then this mission becomes intimidating or overwhelming. But the fact is, is that we all desperately need more of Jesus. Pastor Krista reminded us just last week, it's not about us. It's actually about the Jesus that's in us that allows us to hold on to hope and then inspire hope to know love and to, be, and to love others. I'm always fascinated at how God wrote the Bible, how he weaved the pieces of scripture together, because it's one unified story that from beginning to end points to Jesus. It weaves the human experience over every generation across time. And so today, we're going to take a look at a book found in the Old Testament. It's entitled Deuteronomy, and my friend Annabelle is going to come and read this for us. Only give heed to yourself and keep your soul diligently, so that you do not forget the things which your eyes have seen, and they do not depart from your heart all the days of your life, but make them known to your sons and grandsons. She did a great job reading that. Thank you, Annabelle. The people of God, the Israelites, they've experienced a long season of hardship. Over and over they run into challenges, hoops that they need to jump through. Does that sound a little bit familiar? Throughout the book of Deuteronomy, Moses is giving this next generation of God's people kind of like a pep talk. 
some final advice as they prepare to go into the land that God promised them. He reviews all that they've walked through together. Kids, you're going to remember some of these stories. The time that they left Egypt because God freed them from slavery. And Moses, he parted the Red Sea and the land was dry and they walked to freedom. Moses reminds them that when they were wandering in the wilderness, he was still there. He provided for their every need. He did so. He even sent food straight from heaven. And then Moses also talks about the time that God used his voice. And he spoke on the Mount of Oreb. God's voice was heard giving Moses these commands, these boundaries, so that his most loved people could live their best life. These commands were designed to invite them into relationship with Jesus. Not to spoil their fun or box them in, but provide them the help and the guidance and even the protection that they needed. You see, the Israelites were people who easily could slip back into old but comfortable practices or habits. But those could be harmful to them. And so Moses instead, in Deuteronomy, he speaks to the helplessness of the people and their need for something greater because the things that they were exploring were not giving them the security that they craved. Moses starts in verse 9 and he says, Only give heed to yourself and keep your soul diligently. So he's saying, pay attention and watch your soul. He doesn't start by saying, remember the things that I've done for you so that your soul will be saved, so that your soul will be kept. But instead, he says, first, keep your soul diligently. And if we don't do that, all that God has done for us can easily be forgotten. If you think back and push the rewind button of your mind, you can remember our corrupted series where we highlighted soul care. God reminded us that caring for our soul is essential. Time with him is critical to our relationship. Reading and allowing God's word to sink deep within us. Processing life with him, no matter what it is, good, bad, or ugly, processing that with him through prayer. And sometimes practicing silence just so that we can hear his voice and identify where he is. Also caring for others, expressing justice and mercy. When we neglect our souls, here's what we begin to believe. We begin to believe that we no longer need God. We forget and we take for granted the miracles we've experienced and we miss out on the new things that God has for us, the things that he wants to do in us and through us and around us. The next phrase in this verse says, so that you don't forget the things which your eyes have seen and they do not depart from your heart all the days of your life. Moses is saying, hold on to what you've been taught. Hold on to the faith that you've been given. 
Hold on to the truth of God's word, for it encourages you. It guides you and forgives you. When we make the choice to follow Jesus and make him ours, we learn and we relearn daily that our sin is forgiven. If you can think back again to our Rules of Engagement series, we identified yet again that we have an enemy. His mission is to kill, steal, and destroy anything that is designed to draw us closer to Jesus. He doesn't want you to know that God loves you. He definitely doesn't want you to live like God loves you. He doesn't want you to know that God God gave his son for your sin, for every mistake. But this is what we need to know most. Moses is speaking to those of us who need a new start. The new year is this natural opportunity to start again. If you haven't yet made that decision to follow Jesus, I just want to invite you to do that. If you have questions about faith, would you reach out to us? Would you give us the opportunity to pray with you and to have a conversation to help, any, to help answer any questions you may have? A loving relationship with God is a choice that requires a change of mind and an open heart that's turned towards God. The commands and boundaries that God put in place all those years ago were given to a people that he absolutely adored. He saw the struggle, and he gave them a second chance. He gave them a guideline, kind of like a do-over. God sees our desperate need to feel secure. He knows that we need a little bit of structure. We need to know what's coming next. And he also knows that we need to know who we are. We need an identity. As gods, when we respond to what we hear, that is an act of love. To love God is to listen. God wants faithful obedience. He does not want perfect achievement. And he gives us every generation an opportunity every individual, not only those that might find ourselves brokenhearted or confused or lost or disillusioned, but also to those who are faithfully following and loving Jesus and those that are passing on that faith to the next generation. Moses is saying, just be different. Love by listening to God's best plan for you. Take notice and learn from the experiences of the generations before you. And then we come to the final phrase of this verse. But make them known to your sons and grandsons. Just a few pages over in Deuteronomy, we, we see in chapter 6, it says, Hear, O Israel. The Lord is our God. The Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart. If you know it, you can say it with me. And all your soul and all your might. These words which I'm commanding you today shall be on your heart. 
You shall teach them diligently to your sons and talk about them as you sit at home, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, and when you rise up. You shall bind them as a sign on your hands, and they shall be as frontals on your forehead. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. Moses is saying it again. He wants every human to know what it means to be loved and to be forgiven. If we learn this truth and listen out of our love for the one and only living God, then he says, I want you to share it. I want you to share it with your children and your grandchildren. And it doesn't just stop there. A lot of times our family, our people aren't necessarily blood related to us. He wants us to share with whomever we encounter, for it is the most important thing. Several years ago, I attended a christening. There was a line in the litur liturgy that I've never, ever forgotten. It stated, God designed you as parents to be your child's first and best teacher in all matters of the soul. A beautiful and equally terrifying statement because it's so easy to be overwhelmed by such a serious responsibility. Like, like really not knowing where do we start. You may be thinking, do you know my schedule? I already have a full life. But I want to share with you something that um, I've learned is that the Western and the Eastern approach to teaching and learning is very different. Here in the West, we focus on literature and lecture environments. We take notes and we fill in the blanks. Some of us love to fill in the blanks. But Middle Eastern teaching is visual. A teacher teaches as he goes or she goes. We see that this is the way Jesus taught. He could typically see the object of his lessons right before him, just as his students, his disciples. Jesus' style wasn't intellectual, per se. He didn't give out a syllabus. He just walked in the fields, and he shared a story about the kingdom of God, or he hopped in a fishing boat and shared about his father, about his experiences. In the Middle East, their approach to learning and teaching is that children learn through discovery rather than the collection of knowledge. Teaching through shared experience. It's this idea that there's more caught than taught. In this next year, as we look forward and we dream about what is 2022 going to look like, realizing that we really don't know all the answers. But we can think about what we dream it could be. I think in this next year, our community, our Sea Road community, we could do something. We could pass on our memories and our stories of God's faithfulness, of our life, and our faith experiences by intentionally creating an environment where we welcome conversation. It will require us to slow down a little bit 
and it may even require us to think of things we already do and shift them just a bit. I imagine that you may already have some family common interests. And I do recognize that each family looks a little bit different. And we operate in our own rhythms. And what works for one family doesn't always work for another. But imagine if you tweaked something you already do together and invited faith conversation. Maybe it's sharing with your teen or your child how you came to Jesus while you drive to the next hockey tournament or dropping them off at school or picking them up. My family owns a lumber company. And as a kid, my dad um, would do these after, um, after hours deliveries of sawdust to the local farmers. And I loved to go with him. We would talk about all sorts of things. It felt safe to ask questions about him, about God, and just about life. In our home, we have a bit of an unpredictable schedule, but we try diligently to, to eat some meals together. And one of the things that we do is that we share stories around the table. Sometimes they're actually the same stories over and over and over again because we love them so much. But often they're stories of our day. Sometimes it's a joke, but it's an opportunity for us to think through what's happened in that day and to connect and to come together. We have some crazy stories. But some of those stories open up the door for curiosity about God and faith. I know that there's a family here in our Sea Road community. One of the ways that they foster connection, that they create environment for conversation is through their work projects. They do home improvement projects and it's what they do. And in those times, they're precious. The conversation flows. It's an experience that unites. It's so easy for us to be together, but not really come together. In 2022, we have an opportunity to leverage the times we've had together. It feels like over the last few years, we've had a lot of times together as we stay home a lot more. But what if we just leveraged those opportunities and invested those in the those times in the people's close to us by sharing and creating space to talk about life and faith and to answer one another's questions. So today we're going to do something a little bit different. We're going to have a little fun as we end our time together. And we are going to play a game called the Wheel of Time. And so I have three contestants or four contestants. They're gonna come on up right now. And this is how the game works. This is an opportunity for us to bring some lighthearted fun and to our reflection process. And so what's gonna happen is these contestants are gonna come on up and they're going to spin the wheel. This is the Wheel of Time right here. 
Let's give a hand to our contestants here. All right. So sometimes we get a take home. We get a live it out challenge. Well, today we're gonna do it all together. And these brave contestants are going to lead the way. And so as they spin the wheel, they don't know which question they're gonna land on. And so they're going to, in 60 seconds or less, like rapid fire, they're going to answer this question. And it's gonna serve as this opportunity to get our minds thinking. All of us here in the crowd, we're going to also think through the question that's being asked. Are you guys ready? Oh, let's, let's do a little better than that. Are you guys ready? All right, the wheel of time. My first contestant, I'm gonna have her come on over here. This is Mia. And Mia, I'm gonna ask you a practice question real quick. Mia, do you like eggnog? Oh, she's never tried it. Okay, well, I'm just really curious because I do love eggnog and lots of people seem not to. All right, so she's gonna give this wheel a big spin and we're gonna see which question she lands. All right, go ahead, Mia. Just give it a big hard spin. Oh, a little harder. There we go, okay. The question is, what did you love most about this past year? Well, so we were online for school in the beginning of the year, but um, like for my first semester at school, most of it we were able to do in person and it was really great because it's like a tough year. So I'm really grateful that, that, was, that we were able to do it in person and everything. Thank you, Mia. All right, so you guys can also think, what was the thing you loved about 2021? All right, my next contestant is Hayden. Hayden, are you ready? I'm gonna give you a practice question. What is your favorite color? Red, red is his favorite color, we all know Hayden. So here we go, Hayden. Spin that wheel. What is something that you learned this year and want to remember it in 2022? I learned about electricity and I found that very interesting and it was very fun to just get to play with the electrical stuff and put it together and I would like to remember that. Great answer. He learned a new skill. It's great. All right, and so here are my last two contestants. So Hayden, he answered this question. What did you remember? What did you learn in 2022? And we'd like to remember in 20. What did you learn in 2021 and remember in 2022? So you guys can go ahead and answer that question for yourselves. And here we go. This is Kara and Bria, and I'm gonna give you a practice question, okay. Do you guys eat fruitcake? No, okay, I don't either. I just like, I'm curious if anyone actually likes fruitcake, but okay. All right, your questions, you guys know these guys now. So we're going to let them go ahead and spin the wheel. Go ahead, Bria, give it a nice big spin. What is an obstacle 
you or your family faced this past year, where did you see God work? It's a big one. I have a couple of these. Um, the biggest one for us would be I bought my first investment property. Um, actually closed just before COVID hit. So um, then I had some bad tenants. So the biggest challenge was then trying to um, move on past them and get them out of the house and then financially carry two homes. So I did that for nine months. So it's been having to sacrifice really financially. That's been, that's been hard to be able to carry two houses on my own. <laughs> um, so that would probably be our biggest, yeah, that's our biggest. Where did you see God work? I think he kept me patient. <laughs> he, he, gave me, he gave me what I needed to, to stay, you know, healthy and stay strong and, um, you know, to believe in people, you know, that they're not bad people. So, um, and stay healthy for her, so. Well, thank you so much. Let's give these brave people some encouragement. You guys can go back to your seats. Just an opportunity for us to kind of get those, those minds working about, um, hopefully you are able to start thinking about your answers to those questions. How did you see God work? Um, maybe what was an unexpected gift or joy that you experienced? Well, as we close our time together today, reflection is a gift. It's a gift that pushes us toward Jesus, focusing our minds and hearts on what is good, even when we're in difficult or challenging times. The truth is, is that God is still here. Today, we learned about a group of people that could also track God's faithfulness and goodness to them, and that has not changed. And also, Jesus is at work here He's at work in our city. He's at work in our families, here in our church. And he's at work in our hearts. And so I just encourage you with maybe some of those questions or some questions of your own. When you go away from here today and continue the celebrations of the final week of 2021, would you take a few moments and just maybe write out a reflection? Maybe you want to draw it. Maybe you want to um, just say a prayer. Thinking through where you saw God this year and asking him for everything you need in this next year. And so I want to praise, I want to pray a prayer over you today. I want to use our verse Deuteronomy 4.9, so will you join me? Dear Jesus, we thank you. We thank you that you are here. We thank you that um, we can be together today. We thank you for every generation that's represented in this room. God, we pray that you would give us everything that we need to, to watch our souls. We pray that you would draw us close to you, that we might keep our soul diligent and so that we can remember that we would not forget what our eyes have seen and that it would not depart 
from our hearts all the days of our lives. Would you give us creativity? Would you give us margin and space in our schedules that we might be able to leverage the time that we spend with each other, that we might learn more about who you are in our lives, where we can see you, so that that is what we focus on and that we might be able to pass that on to our children and to our grandchildren. God, we thank you that you love us and that you are always faithful. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.